let's take a Bible pause with Pastor William and Scott. Hi, my name is Scott. I'm here with Pastor William Shiflett. How are you this morning, Pastor? I'm very well, thank you. Doing good. I had a quick question for you. All right. Uh, Jesus says in the Bible that we should repent. He calls on us to repent. Uh, He says, unless ye repent, ye shall likewise perish. And also the Bible uh, says, I believe this is in Acts uh, in the Philippian jail, maybe, maybe it's in Philippians, but it says, what must we do to be saved? And it says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And of course, we know that we're saved by grace through faith, uh, through Christ alone. Uh, so is repentance a work? And also is when we believe, is that a work? Is that something that we do? Okay, so that is an excellent question. And it's, 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 uh, there is scriptural evidence for the fact that both faith and repentance are something God imparts to us. Mm-hmm. We respond to that, uh, impartation to that gift. Okay. So, uh, For example, Ephesians says, uh, we're saved by grace through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. And many commentators agree that both faith and uh, grace are a gift, okay? So that God is not only giving you grace, he's giving you the faith to benefit from the grace. Right. Uh, And that goes with, that's consistent with the uh, reformed or Calvinist viewpoint that we are dead in sins and cannot do anything on our own. Right. Uh, then there are passages, and there are several of them, that describe repentance as something God has granted to us, okay? Uh, for example, when the Gentiles first received the Holy Spirit, the, 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 the apostles responded by saying, then God has granted repentance to the Gentiles as well implying that it's not just something I can gin up in my own heart, but that God has to do a work, okay? Uh, We also would say that that is the difference between real repentance and somebody just feeling sorry for something they did. There are people who get caught, and they're sorry they got caught. Mm -hmm. They're not sorry they've done the deed, Mm -hmm. okay? And so that, that what is the distinction? How can we, how can we have that that real repentance, not just the, well, I, I wish I wouldn't have got caught. Um, and Paul talks about that. He says there's godly sorrow that works repentance. And then there's worldly sorrow that just basically, um, you know, you, you go out and kill yourself or something. You really don't see yourself in God's sight as a wretched sinner who needs deliverance from my sin. So there is support for that point of view. And, uh, Many people resist that or reject that, uh, and you get into the whole consequences of free will. I'm trying to not to be too lengthy or too wordy here, but for example, getting into that very difficult, delicate, and intricate concept of free will. Mm-hmm. In the Old Testament, in the books of Ezekiel and Jeremiah, God talks about the new covenant. Mm-hmm. And in the new covenant, he says, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to obey. Now, note that calls you to obey, and I understand you need to unpack that, but in what sense are we? do we have free will if God must cause us to obey? Right. You see that? So it's one, of those, it's one of those things that, unfortunately, 
And it's difficult to talk about because people I just had this situation just last week after our Wednesday night where someone came up to me and said, uh, you make it sound like I have to be a real intellectual in order to believe and be saved. And I thought, and I tried to explain, no, that that's not the point of what we're talking about. But we want to make sure we understand when we're talking about the subject we're talking about, which is God's discriminating, predestining, electing, specific love. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take a lot of intelligence to look at the scripture and say, okay, there is evidence that God has a different kind of love for some people than for others. Mm-hmm. And, and so I understand there are these layers and sometimes we can get confused by the layers, but we, we must always go with the scripture and the scripture predominantly portrays us as corpses who cannot do anything until God does something for us first. Now, I'm going through a book right now called, and I'm almost done, another 90 pages, a rereading a book called Roman but not Catholic, mm-hmm. contrasting errors of the Roman Catholic Church, written by a Protestant or by, by a Methodist and a Baptist. They're both Protestants, obviously. And there's a statement, in fact, there's many statements in the book that made by the Methodist person who typically is on the Armenian side, which sounds exactly like, um, exactly like what we believe from a Calvinist perspective. So a lot of times it comes down just a matter of how we're expressing it. Um, but, but, but yes, there is, so the short answer is that there is scriptural support for the idea that repentance and belief are part of the gifts God gives us in order, included in the package of grace, if you will, to make it possible for us to be saved. Um, And if that is the case, then they would not be considered as works Mm -hmm. because they're, they're part of the whole gift package. Okay. It's not just, I will be gracious. And this is such a fine point of distinction we have to think through. God does not say, I'm going to be gracious once you repent. He says, I am demonstrating my graciousness by enabling you to repent. Mm -hmm. And you see that? That's a significant difference difference there between those two things. Right. And, and so, so, uh, when we see it as all part of, of one act of grace, that opens our eyes. And this is where you have the Calvinist. And this is a, this is a much debated and some of the people would, uh, might be in, in that debate. So I don't want them to tune us out over this, but this is why there is a thread within the Calvinist movement, for lack of a better term, under the Calvinist umbrella. There is a thread that says, God imparts spiritual life, and then we believe, then we repent, because you can't repent, you can't do a spiritual deed if you're spiritually dead. How can repentance be acceptable in God's sight if it's coming out of a dead, sinful heart? Right. And so those are some of the conversations you get into that uh, trip people up, and unfortunately, somebody just throws it out, and they misrepresent it like we saw and that little Facebook meme the other week that I mm-hmm. commented on, mm-hmm. it was just it was just terribly inaccurate. Yes. It's not helpful. It doesn't build 
help us to build on the many things that we agree on mm-hmm. on the Calvinist and Armenian side. But there is scriptural support for the idea that God does something before we believe that enables us to believe mm-hmm. and repent. So would it be fair to say that what God requires in his amazing, loving grace, he provides for us? Yeah, yeah. I would say, I would answer like that. And I'm hesitant because, of course, again, I'm, I got all these other layers in, in my mind, but that's mm-hmm. essentially the concept. He does not, and this is what makes it grace. It isn't just an offer that you can accept or reject, which is true in one sense. Mm-hmm. It is an offer that he ensures is responded to mm-hmm. because if he doesn't ensure it, Sinners are going to go, are going to be lost and nobody's going to be saved. And, and this is where, again, the Armenians, who would be Methodists and Wesleyans, uh, for those who are interested, Nazarenes, um, they say that God gave everyone the ability to repent. But there really is no substantive scripture to say that. It does not say at some point in history, God decided, okay, they can't believe, so I'm going to give everybody the opportunity to believe or not the opportunity, the ability to believe. We'll give it to everybody. And then it really does come down to whether they choose to be saved or not. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it is a very heavy, complex topic. But in the short, there are scriptures suggest that repentance and faith are woven into the gift of grace. So to get one is to get the other. Right. And of course, that can be expounded with the concepts of living a Christian life after you're saved. Though many, so many people think, I'm saved, I believe, bingo, that's all I got to do. I'll go to heaven. And, and, and that's it. Yeah. Versus, well, what about repentance then? What about uh, the good works we're called to do as Christians? How do you get there? And, and I, so I say, I, I just say that that's another example of how how we are, we do not think things through. Now, I really want to say this for, we, we, we live right now, we're living in one of the most complex, difficult, contradictory periods, perhaps in all of human history. Mm-hmm. And we simply cannot continue to think in terms of yesteryear where, well, all you got is believe. Mm-hmm. Just, just believe. Because just believe worked back then. The world was simpler. Things were more cut and dried. People didn't argue with you about the most fundamental things, like whether you can be born a boy and turn into a girl. Right. We, 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 these things might have existed, but they weren't being presented as they are in our culture. It's just absolutely normal. And the Christians are really going to have to think things through more thoroughly. And especially in, in context of the word and subjects like this. Exactly. Pastor, as always, thank you very much. Bless you. God bless you. Hope it helps. We hope you were blessed by this Bible pause. To listen to the entire discussion, go to our YouTube channel. The link is listed in the description below. Thanks for listening.